Okay, Rabbi Osai, um, Rabbi Orlean asks me every year to teach contemporary halacha before um, the date of December 25th, which um, presumably you've been around the block enough to, you know, to know what December 25th is. And this date, of course, brings up issues about the halachic status of Christianity, um, issues that come up involve, um, as Rabbanim, you'll get questions. Uh, people will ask, I, my place of work has like a, a holiday party. Am I allowed to attend? Um, those of you who are going to enter professions will certainly um, confront these issues. My goal today is simply to say that you have to ask Shilas. Um, that's my goal. Now, the reason why that's not such a posha thing is because we live in the Western world. And in the Western world, probably the only ikar ha'emuna is that there's a sense of shivyon, of egalitarianism. And anything that strikes us as being um, a sense of priority of one group over the other is a bad thing. People look very down on. This notion of equality, egalitarianism, like we mentioned, is a very fundamental issue in the Western world. But on the other hand, we have a very fundamental issue in Yiddishkeit. It's one of the big three, called Avodah And the question of Avodah and Christianity, whether it counts as Avodah is a very important question. Now, what we have to understand before we get into the details is the correct Torah hashkafa to Avodah which really runs counter to this idea of egalitarianism to a large extent. Meaning to say, as I, um, years ago there was a guy in my share whose father had served in the U.S. Army in India post-war, and his father was given gifts from people in these Indian communities, various little trinkets, and they were on, his, I think his father had passed away, and his mother had these things, like, in the break front. And at some point, this guy is a fellow in yeshiva and smicha, and he begins to ask, oh my gosh, like, what's the story of these, like, trinkets? So he asks me a shayla about them. Um, I say, I need pictures. Um, okay, so he sends me pictures of them. I can't paskin on whether something is an Indian deity. By the way, Hinduism has approximately a thousand deities. That's a heck of a lot. Okay? Um, There are certain religions. Buddhism has zero gods. Hinduism has over a thousand. Right? So, this guy was asking a question. um, What's the story of these little trinkets in his mother's house? So, I don't know very much about this. I happen to know a Jew. His name is Lee Weissman. Lee Weissman is a professor of Eastern religions in Berkeley. Lee Weissman is a Breslover Chassid currently, but Lee Weissman at one earlier point in his life uh, studied Eastern religions. 
So he actually knows this stuff. He's a kid, you see him walking on the street, he wears a strimal. Seriously, like he's, he's the real thing. And whenever I get these types of Avedo Zarashalas, I send them to Lee Weissman. So I say, what's the story of this? Uh, these gechkas, these things. Are, are they gechkas or not? So he tells me, no, 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 no. Then, then there are three of them. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So three actual Avedozaras. So the Shailah is what you do with these actual Avedozaras. Um, it was complicated to get his mother um, to okay um, taking them out of the house. Um, two of them are stone. One of them is metal. Stone, there's a din of bir avodazara. You have avodazara, you have to destroy it. No, that's what it says in the Torah. So stone is easy to destroy. Take a hammer, boom, right? If you're yeshiva bachar, you take a hammer, you need boom, boom, you do it twice, and then you destroy the yeshiva bachar, not as strong as other people, and you, um, you destroy the avodazara, not so hard. But what do you do with this metal gachka? This metal gachka was like a 15th century whatever, but avodazara. Bronze. So what do you do? So you have to melt it. Well, how do you melt bronze? Bronze cooks at around 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. You need a higher temperature than that to melt it. So we found the Hasidish Yid in Borough Park, who owns a, um, he owns like a furnace, and he does some of this metal work. So, okay, Mitzah Dairaisa, Biravay Dezara, he gets all excited. Um, someone, a friend of his, is like a second or third grade Rebbe in the Cheder in Borough Park. He brings the whole class to um, watch the Mitzvah B'Avay Dezar. It's not something that you see every day. So uh, I have videos. See the videos of like, this whole class is there. They're doing B'Avay Dezar. Right? They're going to put this thing in the furnace. And it comes out of the furnace. It's going to be very ma- malleable. It's like um, soft. And then they're going to break it. And Mitzvah Dairaisa B'Avay Dezar. So this, one of the kids in the class says, oh, wow, it's so cute. The Rebbe looks at him. I don't know if this is good chinuch, by the way. He's like, never say that. You can't say Avodah is cute. It's disgusting. By the way, that's the correct Torah hashkafa. Again, I don't know if it's good chinuch <laughs> to scream at the kid, but it is good chinuch to say that the Torah hashkafa is, Rabbi Yaakov Mecklenburg in the Aksaba Kabbalah points out that the Torah uses the most disgusting terms about Avodazara. Shaketz to shaketzenu, v'sa'ev to sa'avenu. Translate the words. Right? It ain't good. Right? Make it disgusting. We should view it as being loathsome. Being gross. That's what Avodah is. The Torah Hashgafa toward Avodah is that it is absolutely, completely disgusting. Gemara Sanhedrin writes that is Asura This is one of the hardest Gemara to be Mekai, no? That all Leitzanus is Asur, with the exception of Leitzanus of Avodah Zara. Putner in the first Maimer in Pachat Yitzchak and Purim, Putner explains. That the idea is that this means taking something which is koshuv and lowering the esteem that we should have for it. Avodazara has zero chashivos. There is nothing good about it. Zero. Nada. Zoch. So therefore there's no problem of leitzanus when it comes to Avodazara because it has zero chashivos. It's not important. It's not valuable at all. 
So the correct Torah Hashkafa, when it comes to Avodah Zarah, is that it is absolutely disgusting. And when we talk about Eastern cultures, you have to know something about whether it's Avodah Zarah or not. We mentioned that Buddha might not be Avodah Zarah, right? Buddha is, Buddhism is a religion without a god. Hinduism, there are like a thousand deities. All of these things, Baha'i, there's a place like near Haifa, the Baha'i Gardens, right? Very serious Shilas of Avodah Zarah. Eastern religion is very serious. You have to ask someone who knows. But that's not my topic of conversation today. My topic of conversation is Avodah Zarah in the Western world, which largely means Christianity. Now, Islam is a separate conversation that we'll have um, to a limited extent as we move forward. But what's the halachic status of Christianity? Is Christianity considered Avodah Zarah? And there are a thousand nafgaminas to this. And let's go through the sukkahs. There are three major shitas in Rishonim. If you have the source sheets open in front of you, um, you'll see that there are three major shitas. There is the shita of the Rambam, the shita of the Mediri, and the shita of the Balayataisis. Okay, The Rambam holds, just to give it away, Christianity is unquestionably Avodah Zarah, nothing to talk about. Or almost nothing to talk about. The Me'iri says, we'll try to prove this, that Christianity is not really Avodah Zarah. The Balayataisis are complicated. Right? Any guy's been in yeshiva knows it's hard to read the Taisis. Right? Taisis is hard um, in terms of their shita about the status of Christianity. Now, Perish HaMishnah of the Rambam, first source. Um, first pack of Avodah Zarah, Mishnah Gimel. The Rambam writes that there are certain, the Gemara says there are certain festivals of the non-Jews, you can't do business with them, etc. And, Da, second line. Right, this Christian um, group that believes in Mashiach, okay, pause, we all believe in Mashiach, I hope, right? But unlike the Christians, we believe that Mashiach has not yet come. We daven that Mashiach should come. Christians believe that Mashiach has come, right, and just has to come again, Right? I'm just going to hold up this book, take a look at it. Um, we can, we'll discuss it at some point. But Christians believe that Mashiach has come and just has to come again. So the Rambam Reis, you should know that these Christian people, with all of its groupings. Now, um, today we know that there are many, many, many different groupings of Christians. Now there's... Episcopalians, there are um, Unitarians, there are various forms of Methodists, there are Presbyterians, etc., etc., etc. Most of those are Protestant groups that are after Martin Luther, way, way, way after the Rambam. So I once asked Professor David Berger, by the way, he is the guddle on these sugyas of Christianity. If you have a Shaila, you ask Professor David Berger. So I asked him, what does the Rambam mean, the Christians, not Pashat. Not Pashat, what the Rambam means. But the Rambam writes, right? Rambam the Parish Mishnah says 
that um, Christians are Oivdei Avaydezara. You can't do business with Christians on any Sunday, um, etc. Rambam in Hilchos Avaydezara. No term Oivdei Avaydezara. Yom Rishon is Yom Edom. The Rambam has this in Hilchos Macholos Asuros um, that there are Goyim who are Oivdei Avaydezara. But then the Rambam writes that Yishmaelim are not Ovdei Avodazara. Right? That's the way the Rambam presents it. Christians are Ovdei Avodazara, unquestionably according to the Rambam. Now, yeah? Is it the only because of that Mashiach piece? Or is it... Meaning, what is the definition of Avodazara? Okay, so what's the definition of Avodazara? So let's... That's a good question. Um, it's probably not only because of Mashiach piece or it's probably not because of the Mashiach piece. When the Rambam speaks about those who believe in Mashiach, it's like a, sim, a simon that these are the Christians. There are a few issues with... If you'd ask any believing Christian, are you a um, pagan? Do you believe in multiple gods? So every Christian would say, absolutely not. I believe in a single god, but it's a triune god. It's a single god that is comprised of three parts, um, right, the Father, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, whatever it is, right, there are three different parts of the Godhead. That's what Christians believe. Now, um, people often ask, like, what's the difference between this and um, Kabbalistic theology? The Mikubalim speak about how there are ten spheres. No? Three Imais, and then there are Zion Kefulim, whatever you say when you learn Tanya. Chachma um, Binodas, and then it's followed by Chesik Vert and Malchus. Those are the ways that Rabbonu Shalom manifests himself in the world. How is that different than a triune Godhead? So the answer requires a certain sophistication in terms of distinguishing between them. Um, but Lamaisa, our approach, we deny or we completely feel that panantheism is wrong. What Spinoza felt, the one course you're not allowed to teach in Yeshiva College, by the way, is Spinoza. No? Spinoza believed in panantheism, which means that everything is potentially a god or god is in everything. Um, we believe that Ritzayin Hashem is Mekayim things, and the Rabboni Shalalim can appear. There's only one Rabboni Shalalim. Not only is only one Rabboni Shalalim, the Rabbim Likai HaAmunah says, and we have this in Yigdal, that, um, that the unity of the Rabboni Shalalim is unlike the unity of anything else. No? It's not like Echad HaMin, it's not Morkov, the Rambam writes. It's not comprised of different parts. The Rabboni Shalalim is an absolute unity. The Rav used to say that he can make a kofar out of anyone just by asking him to translate the first Pasuk at Kriyashma. I would ask you to do this, but I don't want to make you into kofrim. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. The word Echad means? Absolutely unique. Unique. You read Nefesh HaRav, right? The, the Rav said that Hashem Echad, it can't mean one, because one implies that there's going to be two. And the unity of the Eibishter is absolutely unique. Now, we can see the Rabbona Shalaylam, he manifests itself to us in different ways. But at the same idea, that's very different than the triune God. No al there is an element in 
Christianity called the Incarnation. I feel bad that like, I end up being the Rebbe Yeshiva who teaches about Christianity, but what can I do? Um, incarnation means that God took on a human form in the sense of Yeshu Hanotzri, Yashka Pandrik, right? He took on a human form. That is Megala. This is the way David Berger says it. That shows that we're really talking about Falafel Desara. The incarnation sheds light on the Trinity. Right? Trinity is also Falafel Desara. Don't get me wrong. But even in Tim Tzalomar, someone is going to make an argument that Trinity doesn't mean, right, that whatever. They have a way of saying that the first person in Krishna is Hashem, Elokeinu Hashem. Right? There's three, and it becomes Echad. That's a Christian interpretation of the first Patsuki Kriyashma. You did not hear it from me. But, um, even if you want to make that argument, right, but the incarnation is Megala, that Christianity is full-fledged of Odisara, certainly that's the Rambam's Shita. Now, the Rambam has this Shita largely because the Rambam's notion of the unity of the Rabboni Shalalam and the Rambam's notion of what it means to connect the Rabboni Shalalam is diametrically opposed to um, Christian thought. The flag of the Vatican is keys. No? There are two keys. What does that mean? That means that they believe that the way to connect to the divine is through um, the Pope through the priests, through the cardinals. We believe, as a fundamental yesod in Yiddishkeit, that we can only dive into the Rebona Shalom. We can't dive into anyone else. The Rav used to speak of that, of this as being the, demo, the democratization of Judaism, meaning anyone can connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at any time. Right? We're opposed in yeshiva to say even midas harachanim. I, mean, I used to dive in the ilah for the here in yeshiva. Um, and the, when I dive in the ilah, Shefta told us that we should just change the nusach to have galgel leinu midas rachamecha. It says midas harachanim leinu is galgali. Um, subsequently, I think in yeshiva now in Yom Kippurim, they skip midas harachanim entirely, no? The text in the Slichas, Malachi Rachamim Meshar Se Elyon Chalunap Ne'el, right? That's highly problematic. Um, these texts for the Rambam would be, right, what we're talking about. Because the Rambam believes, remember, worship in the sense of prayer is a form of, that's how you worship, if someone is praying to an entity other than God, we have a term for that, we call that Avaydazara. And the Rambam holds without question, or with extremely limited question, that um, Christianity is Avaydazara. The Rambam begins Hilchos Avaydazara, Perak Aleph, by giving us some history. There are very few places the Rambam gives history. Now, the being of Hilchus Chanukah, the Rambam gives us history because it's not entirely Shabbat Sav. So, therefore, I have to tell you history. He assumes that you don't read the Book of Maccabees, by the way. And um, the Rambam, the being of Hilchus Havaydazara, says, In the days of Enosh, people made a mistake and they said, Since Rabboni Shalom gave us the sun and the moon, etc., and he gave the sun and the moon some authority, so we should play to the sun and the moon. And that was their way of accessing the Rabboni Shalom. That's what most of you understand the Cheta Ego was. 
But then later on, they viewed the sun and the moon, etc., as being the ends, not the means. For the Rambam, even if I use an aspect to connect to the um, real God, that itself is dangerously close to Havai Desara. Right? That's what the Rambam has in Perakalim, Perak of Mavod Desara, Halacha Aleph, and Halacha Beis. That's the Yisod of the Rambam. For the Rambam, Christianity is Avod Desara. Now I say there's almost no question. It's because of the following. Um, for many years, I was the rabbi of a shul here in the Heights called Sinai Jewish Center, which is the gross gemeinde shul in the Heights. Um, there is something called the Astrid Gemeinde. The Astrid Gemeinde is basically Breuer's. Breuer's did not affiliate with any Jews in any other things besides, um, right? It's called, what do they call it? Um, separatist orthodoxy, right? As opposed to the gross gemeinde, which Mount Sinai is the um, heir of, the gross gemeinde um, believed that you could be an Erlich Jew and connect and do business with, um, partner with Jews of other stripes. Um, the whole fight about this rally in D.C. was to what extent are you allowed to, well, not the whole fight, but a large chunk of the fight was to what extent are you allowed to partner with Jews of other stripes for common good, no? That's one of the questions. So the Grossgemeinde, Frankfurt am Main, had Breuer's as their Austrit Gemeinde. That was Rabbiner Samson Raphael Hirsch. The Grossgemeinde rabbi was a fellow Rabbi Marcus Horowitz. Rabbi Marcus Horowitz in the Chuvis Matalevi talks about um, donating money to churches. And right, there was apparently some church fire, and people were asked whether they could donate money to rebuild the church. And he writes that it's mutter. Not only is it mutter, he says it's a Kiddush Hashem. Issues of this sort have come up. Um, there were church bombings in Charleston years ago. Um, and there are certain rabbis who encouraged people to donate money to rebuild the churches. Um, and uh, Marcus Harwitz argues in that Shuvah, in the Matthew um, he argues that um, even for the Ramban, Christianity is not of Zara. He had the wrong text in the Rambam. In other words, he felt that the Rambam, when he talks about Notrim, he doesn't really mean um, Christians, he means those descendants of Nebuchadnezzar. The Me'iri in one place says that type of thing. But it's very clear from all of these Rambams that the Rambam felt Christianity is Mamash Avayazara. There's nothing to talk about. Some argue that the Rambam didn't really know Christianity firsthand because the Rambam lived in Islamic countries. Um, the problem I have with that is if you read the Mora, the Rambam says he basically read every book about every topic. No? <laughs> like, it's not shy that the Rambam didn't know about Christianity. Yes, sir, please speak loudly, because as, although I'm wearing my hearing aids, I might not hear you. Um, for, for the Rambam, his arguments against Christianity seem mostly direct, directed towards Catholicism. Um, yes. And what about the other denominations that are... Right, so the Rambam could not talk about Protestantism because the Rambam predated Martin Luther, Shem Risham Yerkov. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to know a lot to distinguish between various Protestant sects. Um, is the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, is that really Christianity? You have to like know it very well. Um, 
You have to ask people who know. One thing I'll tell you is I had a conversation with Rabbi Bleich years ago about celebrating Thanksgiving. Rabbi Bleich knows everything, um, and he also has different approaches. So the Shail is about celebrating Thanksgiving. So he says he doesn't understand how it could possibly be Dake Ha'amori, because everybody knows that the pilgrims were Unitarian Christians, hence they were not and hence they can't be in this Dake Ha'amori. Like, wow. Like, that's like, it's like from left field. You gotta know this stuff. I don't know it. Um, you have to know the different... If you have Shilohs of this sort, um, one thing I'll tell you is that Protestantism, even if, it's, even if you're a Protestant sect, which is not in a technical sense, if it's like a Unitarian sect or whatever, but it's L'chalapachos Minos. The Rabbi Menachos Tshuva says that um, Christianity is L'chalapachos Minos. Minos means it's a mistake in the notion of God. And the Gemara Avodah Yud Zayin says, "Harchik mi alecha avla ba'al yikonas the Pesach Beisah." Some things that means that you have to distance yourself from minus. So meaning that there's going to be an iser to walk into a Protestant, um, a Protestant church. We'll talk about that a little bit later. There's going to be an iser to walk into a Protestant church, but many paiskim binyan and etc they say that unlike a Catholic church, that you're not allowed to convert to a shul, but a Protestant church, if it's a non a group of Protestants, you can convert into shul. Now, I should also talk about that. We're talking about Catholics. Um, on 187th Street, there is an Armenian church. Okay? So here's the thing about the Armenians. The Armenian church ended up on the wrong side of the Akon controversy in the 9th century. Meaning that for some reason they actually believe that the deity is in the Getchka. The Catholics don't believe that since the 8th century. Catholics believe that the forms that they have in the church are representative. Right? So if you want real Avoyta Zara, you got it right here in town. Right? Um, okay, so I don't know though what the Rambam meant. Maybe he understood that there was a Mahlokas, um in the 9th century about the Icon controversy, Ken Zion, that's what the Rambam meant. And the Rambam is saying that no matter what, right, they are of the Avodah way before Protestants. Way before. Okay. So that's the sheet of the Rambam. Um, the Rambam basically argues that um, Christianity Mamish is Avodah uh, Rabbi Horowitz has a different take on the Rambam. He says you can't bring any rayas from the Rambam and the Yad HaZoka. Yad HaZoka is only written for Jews. It's not written for Christians. And from the Christian perspective, it's not only, it's not Avodah Zarah. From the Jewish perspective, it is. Very difficult Chita. And not just very difficult. It's impossible to say it within the Rambam. Mi'iri. I think the Mi'iri died in 1306. Right? So the Mi'iri writes that Christianity is basically um, not Avodah Zarah. Now, here is the way it goes. The Rishonim in Avodah Zarah are rather by Akasha, that basically the entire first parak of the Mesech, the second parak also, goes against our lived reality. The Gemara writes, the Mishnayis write, Lifnei Edeim Shal Nachrim, you can't do business for, for Gimel Yamim. Right? So we shouldn't have bothered by the cash. What do you mean? How come you can't do business? You can't do business, but we do it all the time. 
Right? We do business with the Goyim um, before their festival. Right? We're not there yet. Right? December 25th, but we do business within three days, um, etc. And Zaktaisvis, maybe we believe that our Goyim are not so devout. But the reality is, Taisa says, that when the, Gemayim, when the Gemara has that suggestion, the Gemara only means that you have a heter within three days. But on the day of the festival itself, it's going to be a problem. And the minhug was that they did business on the day of the festival itself. Now, this is a typical kasha of the Baliyah Taisus, which is I have a stira between what people do and what it says on the books. The Chachmei Svarad would generally not ask for that type of kasha. The Chachmei Svarad would say... Okay, Kenzine, people are making a mistake. Right? But for the Baliatoisis, it's like, Min Hanimna. You can't say that the entire Jewish people is making a mistake. So, Baliatoisis are bothered by this kasha, and they give a number of answers. Rabbi Nutan answers that maybe the issue, the issue, the issue of doing business with the um, Goyim three days before their festival is only that you can't sell them objects which are potentially used for worship. That's Rabbi Nutan Shita. And the Baliyatesis work very hard on these kashas. Dafbeis, Dafyodala, throughout the Mesichta, um, they talk about this kasha all the time. The Mi'iri comes up with one swooping yesoid that answers like a thousand of these kashas. The Mi'iri writes on Beis Omer Aleph in, um, in Avodah The Mi'iri writes that all these things, Mitoch Kach, Ikar Hadvarim Niralish, Hadvarim Elul, these are the parts I underlined, which is a which refers to those of Nebuchadnezzar. Meaning, the Mi'iri says that Neitzrim in the Gemara does not mean Christians. Neitzrim means those who are descendants of Nebuchadnezzar. And then the Ramba, then the Me'iri goes on, and the, Ram, and the Me'iri writes on the top of the second page, he develops the Yesod of Umos Hagaduros Bidarche Hadosos. Umamina bimtsiyusa yisparach la achdusov yechoto, avbisha mishtabshim bitzas devarim lafi amunasam, in lahem makom bidram elu. Zach the Me'iri, that there are pagans, in the sense of barbarians, people who are ungoverned by rules. And then you have pagans, and you have, excuse me, umos hagadun bedachei adosos. Then you have those nations that have laws. And they believe in God. And they believe in a certain amount of unity in God. And they believe in power of God. Although they are making a mistake. Listen to Lashen the Meiri. They are making a mistake. They are mishtabshim b'kitzas devarim. Nonetheless, about them, this halacha, or these halachos, or the first pack of desire does not apply. The Me'iri is saying that umos hagadur medache hadosos are not really oivde avoidezara. They are making a mistake. Years ago, we used to have this thing called the Orthodox Forum. And at one of the Orthodox Forums, so Dr. David Berger presented a paper about the Me'iri's shita um, regarding Christianity. And Dr. Berger said that he had been struggling with this for many years, and he finally came to the conclusion that the Me'iri actually believes that Christianity is not a Vaidazara. 
You see this in the Mi'iri here in Gitten, the Mi'iri in um, Harius writes that if someone converts from Judaism to Christianity, it's being Mechawa Hadas, and it's Anshul Chamor, etc., but you are not considered someone who is a Mumer Apikairis, someone who left the fold. You're making religious mistakes. Right? The, ra- the Me'iri writes, Right? In other words, the Mi'iri is saying that Christianity is a mistake, but it's not a Vodazar. When Dr. Berger presented this paper, so this is like some of the greatest praise you can get on the planet, Ravaren Lichtenstein, Zechren Levracha, said, This paper is a piece of Yoros Shemayim. Right. In terms of the praise that you could get on this planet, it's up there. Right? Um, the Pashtas is the Sheet of the Me'iri is that Christianity is not Avodah Do we Paskin like the Me'iri? So you cannot say first. So there are some who argue that this Me'iri was not known, and we can't Paskin like Sheetas that were not known. Um, it happens not to be true. Because this Mi'iri was known, if you look, I think, in Baba Kamal Kuf Zayin, on the side of the page, um, there's a Gemara about, like, Gezo Akam, and they quote that the Mi'iri says whatever. Right? It was known. This Mi'iri was known. Do I paskin like the Mi'iri? So, um, the story goes like this. Rav Herzog Zephronel of Racha wrote an article about Zechuyot HaMi'ut Ra'ar HaLacha, Minority rights. You have to remember that when the state of Israel was established, Rav Herzog is the first chief rabbi of the state of Israel. Maran Rav Kook is pre-state, right? So Rav Herzog, um, Rav Herzog, there, it's now published as a book called Hatukali Israel Mishpatei Torah about a constitution for Israel. There's an attempt to write a constitution. Um, they don't have a constitution. Rav Herzog tried to write a constitution. Now you got a problem about minority rights. And you have a problem because the Torah says that you have to destroy churches in Eretz Yisrael. No? Right? Rashi tells us Salah Torah that in Eretz Yisrael, you have to go looking for churches to destroy them. Okay, gentlemen, if you think there are things that give you bad press as Jewish people, right? Do I have to finish the sentence? So, Rav Herzog says, maybe you could rely on that. Maybe you could rely on the Me'iri for purposes of Saving Kla Yisrael's Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Yehuda Gershon Yisrael Lofracha has this also. Um, it, this idea is attributed to Rav Cook. Apparently, um, has this idea in his letters. Uh, Rav Aaron Salavik Yisrael Lofracha um, had this in his letters. Um, Rav David Tzvi Hafman seems to have this. There is a school of Poskim Gedolim who. Um, felt that you rely on the Me'iri, but they don't really feel that you can rely on the Me'iri, in the sense of, for a tzorach gadol ad ma'od, you can rely on the Me'iri. Okay, if I'm talking about the kiyom of the Medina, <laughs> right, that's a tzorach gadol, no? If you're going to tell me that you're a to go and burn down every church, does anyone disagree with this? Okay, if you disagree with this, you are absolutely wrong, Right? You can't disagree. If you're going to have to burn down every church in the state of Israel, like, 
That can't happen. So for that, I'll rely on the Me'iri. Right? You can rely on Kedai who so-and-so lismochala b'shasadchak. But the Pashtus, you can't rely on the Me'iri. Right? There are people who read articles to the effect of, like, I paskin like the Me'iri. No. Vubistu. Like, to say that you pass like the Mi'iri, again, the Mi'iri was known, and the Mi'iri um, was not accepted. La halacha. Now, what happens to Rabbi Bleich, let me just, I'll take it, it seems like you have a question, I'll take it like in a minute. Rabbi Bleich has an article, the Yeshiva published a book a few years ago called The Philosophical Quest. Um, uh, it's a compilation of Rabbi Bleich's um, essays. So Rabbi Bleich has an article where he says that Mi'iri, who lived in Provence in like the... Um, 13th, 14th century, the Me'iri was exposed to a group of heretical Christians, and that's why the Me'iri argue that Christianity is not a Vaidazara. Again, everything Rabbi Bleich says, impressive, creative. Dr. Berger, who knows this stuff, says, Mehefetesi, like zero evidence to that. The Pashtas is the Me'iri. Remember, the church moves really, really slowly. The Catholic Church moves slower than Orthodox Judaism. Right? That's the episode. And the, um, there's no evidence that the Mi'iri is talking about um, anything other than what we know as Christians. And consequently, the Pashtus is that the Mi'iri is talking about our Catholics, and the Pashtus is that we reject the Mi'iri, meaning that we assume that Catholicism or Christianity um, in other sects that accept the triune um, division of God that is a, that is a Vodizara. Um Again, the Rambam assumes that way. The Me'iri seems to be rejected. That's the Pashtas. We'll talk about Tyson in a minute. Question. Um, so are you saying if we don't have the Me'iri, we would need to burn all the churches and need to create the Sarkana? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, and the question is like pikuach nefesh in terms of is this considered uh, pikuach nefesh doesn't override avodah mamish worshiping avodah Would pikuach nefesh override this din of abed abed maybe maybe pikuach nefesh should override that you know like but these are issues that they grappled with the meiri is a better way out of that kasha yeah. So again, let's say you didn't have the Me'iri. Is there ever an Asher like Shevel Kaseh for Wazara? Like you don't have to, like maybe it's not Pukach Nefesh. You don't have to die to Sayyavah or to, to destroy Wazara. Maybe. I mean, that, that's sort of what I was answering. In other words, that uh, maybe there's like an element of Shevel Kaseh over here, so it's not Yahar Kval Yabar. Um, whether it's Shevel Kaseh by the Gimel Hamuros, look at the first piece in Reb Chaim. Okay? Um, that's what we'll say about that issue. Um, We'll, we'll comment about that a little bit more in a few minutes. Yeah? What, what's the explanation of the Mi'iri when he says that the, they believe in the unity of God when it seems like from the... In other words, they'll, if you ask any Catholic Christian, they will say that there is one God with three parts. We know it's not true. But they are believing in some element of the unity of God. Alternatively, um, well, we'll talk about this more in the context of Teisvis, but if you believe in the true God and you also believe in other things, right, is that good enough? Um, but the Mi'iri is assuming that Christianity is not a Vedasara. I think that's relatively clear. Um, 
The Balayatesvis. Balayatesvis have a complicated cheetah. Now, let me just point out, by the way, that the Shochan Aruch, the Mechaber passing is like the Rambam. Right? Most of the Shochan Aruch is cut and pasted from the Rambam. So the Mechaber passing is like the Rambam, Christianity is unquestionably a Vedasar. The Balayatesvis happened to make it to the Ramon, Shochan Aruch. But what we have to discuss is how to properly understand Tesis. The context of Tesis is the Gemara at the beginning of Bechoros, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where the Gemara says that you're not allowed to make Shutfis with a Goy. Shami Yeschayev lo Shavua, v'nishba b'avodazar shalom, v'atar amr picha. I can't get involved in business with Goyim, because maybe in the context of the business, the Goy will have to take a Shavua, and... I will be responsible for the guy swearing, which is an iser of lo yisham al picha. So therefore, the Gemara says I can't do business with the um, goyim. So the shaila that the Rishonim addressed, the Bali Hatayis addressed the shaila, is what does that mean? Is the iser just I should not engage in business with the guy? I shouldn't enter a business partnership with the guy? But let's say I lent something to the guy, and the guy um, doesn't want to return it, and the guy says, I'll swear. Am I allowed to allow the guy to swear in order for me to save my money? That's very different than the case in the Gemara about entering a business partnership. So it's a machlikas between the Rashbam and the Rabbi Nutan. Rashbam says you can't accept a Shavua from Goyim. Rabbi Nutam says you are allowed to accept a Shavua, so that you shouldn't be mafsid. Right? The Gemara Navajazar says, etc. Now, although that case is a suffix, but right? in that case, that's the guy owes you money, so you don't know you're going to demand money from the guy. Kenzan, that's Slobodan. I use Slobodan as my name for Goyim because I don't know any Jew named Slobodan. Right? So, Christian, that's what we'll call our guy. So, Kenzan, that Christian might pay up. Kenzan, Christian, is going to swear that he doesn't owe the money. So, that's a case of a suffix. But over here, right, the guy comes to you and he says, I will swear. That case is worse. It's a vadai. Nonetheless, Tysus has a lashon. That next word is pronounced bikidashim. Okay, um, that means they're um, saints. There were oaths that the, um, the there were oaths that Christians would take, and those oaths um, had. This is the term of the oath. It's in Dr. Berger's book, Appendix Three. I swear in the name of the omnipotent God and the four sacred gospels. That was their um, that was their shavua. Traditionally, Jews call that Kedoshim, right? They consider that, obviously, Kedoshim, but there's a din, Musa shame that you're supposed to change the name of Avodah Um And we call it Kedoshim. A Kedoshim is technically a harlot, right? Oh. So when they swear, they are swearing by their Kedoshim. They have a Nusach of the Shavuah that involves the saints, they don't consider the saints as a form of God. And even though when they swear, they mention God and the saints, like I mentioned to you earlier, the text of the Shavuah that they use, 
Mikom Makom, Ains Hashem Avodazara. They're not mentioning the Avodazara itself. In other words, they use the name of their God, but not in the Avodazara sense, right? I, I, I use the expression, the name of the omnipotent God. Right, that's the term that they use. They don't use the name of the Avodazara. And Gam Daitum La Ulsa Shamayim, the Avabisham Shat, Vim Shem Shamayim Vidover Acher, Lo Achachon the Usser Ligrim La Achem Le Shatef, and there's no Isser Lufne Ever, the Bene Noach Lo Husser Al Kach. That's the Baliatesis. So the Baliatesis have a Lushan that within the Shita of the Rabbi Nutam, I'm allowed to accept a Shavua, although in their Shavuah, they mention the saints, and they also mention Yashka, but their Kavana is um, for Osa Shamayim Va'aretz, and what they are doing is called Shitof, and B'nai Noach are not Husharu Al Shitof. And I give you the translation provided by Dr. Berger, the translation to this Taisus. Now, here is the problem. Um, a few things, a few problems. One is, Rabbi Nutam says, I'm allowed to um, accept a Shavuah from Goyim because it's Matzo Miyadam. Now, gentlemen, am I allowed to violate an Avera in order to save a few bucks? Smicha students! No. No, you can't. So how does Rabbi Nutam allow me to accept a Shavuah to save a few dollars? So the Mepharshim are bothered by this kasha. Some say that um, the Lushan... Here, the Gemara Megillah says, Taisili dola avdi shutfis bahadigoy. So, Pashtis, when they say Taisili, that means it's like a midas chasidus. No, it's not necessarily true. The Gemara in Shabbos, Kufyat Cheser, is it? When Shabbos says, Taisili dariik shaloshuras. Right? Taisili means I'm going to get a chalik in my own hapa. Right? So, sometimes Taisili means I'm doing midas chasidus. Right? So, it could be that it's considered a midas um, chasidus. It could be the Ritva writes that it's Midas uh, Chasidos, etc. Others suggest that the Yishuv for the Bali Hatoisis is like we said before, Mr. Laub mentions it's like a Shev Valtasa. I'm just passively accepting the Shavua. Um, maybe that's the Pshat. It's hard to know exactly. Rebel Yashiv has that. And there's a Sefer Yad bin Yamin on Mesachis Bechoros. So he quotes his father, Rabbi Yosher, that, that maybe that's the Pshat and Taisus. It's hard to know exactly what the Pshat and Rabbi Nutam is. How come Rabbi Nutam says that you're allowed to be Mikabo Shavua? But whatever it is, Rabbi Nutam says that it's going to be okay. And, and the Ramah paskins like this Rabbi Nutam. But there are two ways of understanding the Rabbi Nutam. There's actually three ways. If you look in Appendix 3 in the back of David Berger's book, um, he has three ways. We'll talk about two ways of understanding it. One way we'll call the liberal interpretation of Tysus. The other way is the not-liberal interpretation. The liberal interpretation of the Balea Tysus is saying that since for the non-Jews they believe in a true God, even though they also believe in other stuff, so therefore, for non-Jews, it is not Avodah That's one way of interpreting Taisus. The other way of interpreting the Taisus is that what Taisus means is that you're allowed to be Makabal Shavua from non-Jews. The Isr of Lo Yusham Al-Picha that comes up in the Shavua does not apply when there is Shitov. But we're not saying anything fundamental about the religion. 
Okay? So let's go slowly. Rambam says it's Avaidazara. Mi'iri says it's not Avaidazara. Taisvis, two possibilities. One possibility is that Taisvis is saying it's Avaidazara for Jews, it's not Avaidazara for non Jews. The other possibility in the Baliyat Taisvis is that it has nothing to do with anything, it's just a din in Shavuah. Um, if you look in the Pisgah Chuban Yeridea Kufmim Zayin, they quote the Ramah, and he quotes that the Naid Behuda says, Right, I underlined this. It's on page I don't know three or something. Ayin shows nei debihuda madurat inyana simen kuf memches herech lo chiyach madur magla bufumayu de inchi sheina ubdei kochavim etzuvan al hashita fu tos v'yatzim lahem zeh milashon harama ubeemes kavanas harama demashem mishatif b'shevua. Right. In other words, the nei debihuda and the um, Reb Yonah Landsofer, he is the author of the Kanfei Yonah, the Meltzdaka, right? that was a Rebbe Lechsam Seifer. Um, they say that Shituf is Avodazar for Gaim. The only thing is that you're allowed to be Mikal Shavua. However, the Pischei Tshuva goes on. He says that the Ramah does not mean this. It's clear in the Dr. Moshe. The Shach in Yeridea Assumes that Goyim are not Matsuva on um, Shituf, right? Meaning that the Shach and the Ramah, as it says in the Dark Moshe, take the liberal approach to the Balayataisvis. But the, um, the, the Shach and the Dark Moshe take the liberal approach, but the Naidibihuda, Kanfeyona, etc., take the other approach. Take the approach that the Balayataisvis are only saying something regarding Shavuot. Now let's just go. I'm into this a tiny bit. Um, if I take the liberal approach, right, the liberal approach does not mean that Christianity is not a Vodazara. Christianity is a Vodazara for Jews. It's just not a Vodazara for non-Jews. That means that Jews and non-Jews have a different definition of things that are part of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach. No? Within the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, you have a Vodazara. But Shetof, in the sense of, I believe in the God, but I also believe in other stuff, right? That might not be Avodazar for non Jews, but it is Avodazar for Jews. You have this by Gezel also. Gezel, Pachos Mishavah Prutas, Aser for non Jews. Gezel, um, in the sense of Mishpatim, Bayadom, the Isser of Talmud Taira to Goyim, right? Is Gezel, Taisvis in where Chagig Yudalid. So, um, there's a different definition of Gezel for Jews and for non-Jews. Hapalas um, Ubar. Shofech dam ha'adam ba'adam. Hapalas Ubar is murder for non-Jews. For Jews, right, the majority of poskim assume it is not murder, remotion notwithstanding. It's some iser. Abortion is not mutter. It's iser min ha'teira. But it is not murder. For non-Jews, it is considered um, it's considered murder. Now, the uh, procedure when you convert someone to Judaism, uh, so you have the person in the mikvah, it's actually a very m- moving episode. The person's in the mikvah to their neck. If it's a woman, by the way, she's covered in like a sheet, and you say, do you accept all the mitzvahs, all 613 mitzvahs? And the person says, I do, I do, I do, and they dunk and they become Jewish. Why are you accepting 613 mitzvahs? 
Lachari should only have to accept 606 because seven of them you're obligated in beforehand. And the Sefer Rokeach writes that Rus is Gematria 606. Ah, uh, good math. Right? Rus is Gematria 606 because she only accepted 606 mitzvahs. She already did the other seven. So why do you have to accept 613? This Yisoyed, and Rav Gustman has some of this in, um, I think, the end of a Sefer in Bavakama. Rav Gustman has an essay about the Shem Mitzvah But the idea that there's a different Hagdar, you have this by Arayas also, there's a different Hagdar of those seven mitzvahs for Jews and for non-Jews, that is the pshat in the liberal reading of Taisvis. Right? The liberal reading is saying that Avodah for Yidin is Andrish via Avodah from Goyim. I have to say it in Yiddish, or else you won't understand it. But that's the point. Avodah Zarah and Gili Arayis and murder and Gezel, the Shevimitz has been and Dinim possibly, right? Right? There are different definitions for Yidin and for Goyim. And that is why we tell a Geir that you have to accept all 613 mitzvahs. Now, what's the story over here? What's the story of these Shittas? Um, so the Rav said, first of all, Rabbi Reichman in an interview in the... Um, there used to be a newspaper here in Yeshiva called Hamavasar. Um, it's like the Jerusalem newspaper. So at one point, Rabbi Reichman was interviewed and he said that the Rav said about the Me'iri that it's only a curiosity. It has no halachic value. And regarding Taisvis, the um, Nefesh Harav of Shechter has on page 230 that um, regarding this Shach, who says the liberal interpretation of Taisvis, the Rav said, Kishkagashi Yotza Milofne Hashalit. That's a Pasuk in Koheles, which basically means it's a mistake. Right? Meaning that the real Pshat in Taisvis is the not liberal view, the Mahalach that. Christianity is um, Avodah Zarah. On the other hand, um, there are other reports about what the Rav said. My childhood rabbi, Rav Walter Wurzberger, is a friend of Lefracha. He was the editor of Tradition um, for a very, very long time. And he had been a rabbi in Boston, and he told me that one time he was with the Rav in the hospital, and the Rav goes into the room where whatever the Cardinal in Boston... Boston is like a very heavy Catholic city, no? And the Rev goes into the room and he spends a lot of time with this um, Catholic priest. And Rabbi Wurzinger asked him when he's leaving, how can you spend so much time with him? So he said that he was having a crisis of faith. Now, how do you make sense of that story? So, I don't know. Um, what I think is a possibility is Azoi. That Minos might be worse than Avodah on a certain level. There's a story that the Alter Rebbe was one time in the wagon, and the Balagola, the wagon driver, did not cross himself. Right? Usually, the minig is that like a Catholic passes by a church and they make a sign of a cross. Now, if you walk down the street and you see Catholic, they, they make these marks of, right? They cross themselves. Oh. So, the Alter Rebbe jumped out of the, um, jumped out of the wagon, because he's not crossing himself. What's the pshat? So the Alter Rebbe said that if you have someone who believes, it's similar to the Me'iri, you have someone who believes in faith, so then you can count that they're not going to kill you. At least Bisman, that's in the Tkufa Mishnah, etc. You have to be nervous that they'll kill you. But the Alter Rebbe felt that people who don't believe in any religion is worse 
then people who are making a mistake, even if that is Havaydasara. Maybe that's the Pshat in the Rav. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the Rav really held. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Maybe the Rav felt that, like, you could rely on that. You could rely on the Me'iri with respect to this Catholic priest in Boston. I, I really, I'm not sure. What I do know is that there are different um, trustworthy reports about what the Rav said. Yes, sir? Does that story indicate that the Rav didn't think Christianity was about Zara, or just that he was trying to... Yeah, again, so, like, you have to make sense out of it. Like, maybe he's just being nice, but for truly about Zara, it's hard to say that I'm being nice. Right? That's how we began. Like, about Zara is not something you're nice to. Um, it's hard. It's mamish. Um, it's mamish hard to know. Okay, so I have three sheetas. Um, and this, bring, this brings us to um, some questions, lahalacha. Right? So if you're a Sephardi, you follow the Mahaber, Mahaber paskins like the Rambam, Christianity is unquestionably Avaydazara. End of conversation. If you're an Ashkenazi, we don't follow the Meiri, unless it's Sarach Godad Maod, but we follow the Baliyatesis, and the Pashtus and the Baliyatesis is not the liberal view, but the Shach is the Rav Seikishkagashi Otsam Lefnei Ashalit. So the Pashtus is everything, it's Allah only in Shavuot. So that means even Ashkenazim are assuming that Christianity is Avaid Zara. Even according to the liberal view of Taisvis, Christianity is Avodah for Jews, just not Avodah for non-Jews. So are you allowed to enter a church? So um, Rabbi Bleich, in his essay in one of the volumes of Contemporary Allah Problems, I think volume five, so Rabbi Bleich writes that until Vatican II, by the way, it was usher for a non-Jew to enter a synagogue. Right? In other words, there was a certain division of faiths. And right, it was assumed to be an anathema to enter a house of worship of different people. Um, Pashtas is also to enter a church. Mishnah in Avodizara Yud Aleph says that you have a city that has Avodizara, you're not even allowed to walk into the city. Um, the, this is Paskind in um, Yerudeya the Shach Paskins this way he quotes the Rambam the Parish HaMishnah says that any city that has a Vodazar you can't walk into the city certainly you're allowed, not allowed to live in that city certainly you can't walk into the church and the Shach writes quotes in the tour of Hashim HaRashba Efshra Filo Iske Rabma Filo Pekuach Nefesh Right? Meaning that even for Pekuach Nefesh, you can't walk into the church. I remember years ago in Yeshiva, we used to have, um, when Rav Arins, a friend of Racha, would come to YU for Shabbos, so he used to give a press conference. The press conference was basically that you had an opportunity to ask him any question, and then he'd give an answer. Now, there'd be like 30 guys who wanted to ask questions, only one guy would get to ask the question, Rav Arins would go on and on and on, and that was the end of the press conference. So, um, one of the press conferences, the question was about going into a church, and Rav Aaron said, the Vodfin, Osir. Right? Do I have to translate that? Right? It's Osir. You can't go in. End of conversation. The Rash says, even, let's say, you're not allowed to walk in. The Ran is a liberal. The Ran is a makeup. 
He says, if it's Sakonis Nefashis, they're chasing after you with a knife and they're going to stab you. Here's my kula. The Ran says, you're allowed to go into a church. Right? That's the Ran. The Rash Bahons, no. So, what's the story over here? So there was a president. I miss him. I miss him a lot. President Barack Obama. After President Obama, it's been downhill. But um, President Obama had an inauguration when he became president. And there was an event, and you can quote me on that, by the way. I'm, I'm already on record. I did not like the pre-fence president of the United States. Um, uh, okay, I happen to think, by the way, whatever you say, President Biden has been gewaldic. Surprisingly gewaldic. Since October 7th, the United States has surprisingly been a tremendous, tremendous support of Medina Israel. They have been our only supporter in the United Nations. Um, we should be extremely appreciative and mechazek, all the government officials, um, because Lav Dafka will continue. So, um, we'll say it like that. But President Obama, at his inauguration, so he asked um, a rabbi to um, speak, and the rabbi came and he spoke in the National Cathedral. And the RCA, who um, sometimes are not the smartest people on the planet, um, the RCA came out with a public statement, which was covered by the New York Times, about how the rabbis condemned this rabbi for entering the National Cathedral because Jews are not allowed to enter, cap- uh, to enter churches. Okay. Now, as a matter of halacha, the RCA was probably right. As a matter of intelligence versus stupidity, right, you don't have to make statements about everything. You know you're going to make it... Like, what are we going to gain over here? But okay, it's all right. Um, so then in the Chakira journal, a rabbi wrote um, an article where he tried to say that it is um, it was mutter for this rabbi to enter the National Cathedral. And his argument was that there's a halacha that makur of lamalchus has certain kulas. Yigman Babakama says that's also a gado bloris. You can't grow your hair, um, it's like Ralph Cramden, you know, the water buffalo lodge. You can't grow your hair in like a, no, no you guys have any idea what I'm talking about. Like, Mamish Amaratsis, look up the honeymooners, Ralph Cramden, like, tachlis, you know, like, if you're going to be Mavato Torah, it has to at least be for, like, something funny. But here's the story. Um, there's an issue to be Megado bloris. You can't grow your hair in a particular way. And um, we're mekel from a People who are close to the government have a kula. And the shayla is, um, what's the heter over here? What's the heter of malchus? So the Beis Yosef is bowed by this kasha. The Beis Yosef in Kufayin Ches of Yeridea writes that maybe it's like a dove that's Masar HaChachamim. Masar HaChachamim means that, you know, there are certain halachas that the rabbis have a right to define the parameters of. For example, um, the Chamesh Inuyim on Yom HaKippurim. Chamesh Inuyim on Yom HaKippurim, like, they define what's, even if you hold the Storaisa, right, the Ran has on the first real daf of Yuma, um, even if it's but nonetheless, um, it's going to be okay if you're um, a Kala, can wash her face, etc. So, uh, one approach in the Beis Yosef is Masaras Kosovo Another approach in the Beis Yosef is 
that the kula is because it's Hatzalas Yisrael, that these people in Mekura Malchus are there to save Kla Yisrael. So this rabbi was arguing that if the Isra Megadol Belayris is waived from Mekura Malchus, so certainly entering a church should be waived, right? If the Isra Megadol Belayris, he says, is a Isra Kishla Atzmo, uh, so the Isser of entering a church, which is unlike a Maris Ayin, should for sure be waived. Now this is very difficult. If you accept the Basis's answer that the Kula of Megadol Bloris from Akurvul Malchus is because Mesar Kosovachachamim, so it's only by that din. It doesn't apply to entering a church. If you hold like the other answer, that's for Hatzalas Kol Yisrael. So let's be honest. What does Makurvul Malchus mean? If I'm a rabbi and I get invited to inauguration of, you know, the president Habali Nolatova, so um, am I a Makurvul Malchus? No, that's my one invitation. It's nice, I'm proud of myself, I'm happy, I'll smile, but that doesn't make me a Makurvul Malchus. A Makurvul Malchus is like the traditional Stadlan, right? In his day when Malcolm Holmline is like the president of the Conference of Presidents. So, that's a Makurvul Malchus. You they intercede on behalf of the Jewish people all the time. To say that this is Makurvul Malchus is, um, is very, very difficult. It's very difficult. Entering churches, Bipashtus is um, Mamish Osir. Bipashtus is, there's no Heter. I, I, I find it very troubling. Um, someone I was talking with recently um, said that she... Um, wanted a certain piece of art, whatever it was. Her mother wanted a piece of art, and she hadn't seen it, and she went into her church, and she took a picture of it, etc. I find that extremely troubling. Like, we should have a certain revulsion about going into a church. Now, you have to remember, when Rav Herzog had to meet with the Pope after the war, because there were Jews who were hidden in monasteries during the Second World War, Right? Rev Herzog is interceding on behalf of Klai Yisrael. The first thing he did after meeting with the Pope is he went to the mikvah. Right? You have to have a sense, a traditional Jewish sense is that to walk into a church, how can you do it? Now, even if there's a heter, for whatever the reason, it's very hard to come up with a heter. Even if there's a heter, but whatever the heter is, it's just like, it's so difficult. It's so difficult, and certainly you can't be cavalier and be make all on these things. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, the tshuva, I forgot which page you're up to, it's Igris Moshe Chilik, Gimel Yeredes, and Mekuf Chavtes. Pashut Shali Kanes, Leknisas Hanotrim, Shumakom Shodim, Vosem Tiflo Sehem, Shaaser Afli Kanes, Vaklit Habitzurais. Are you allowed to go into a church just to look at the artwork? People like to go to the Sistine Chapel, no? Michelangelo. Maran Rav Cook said that he went to the uh, museum in London and he saw like pictures of Michelangelo and he felt like, like Yad Hashem on it. Like Rav Cook had like a mamish on the Shema unbelievable. Right? So to go to the Sistine Chapel, right? Michelangelo painted the ceiling. No, the Pash. It's I mean, it's Osir. So some of the well, there's a certain Rav. I had an exchange of letters with him. He takes a group of NCSY students. Um, to, um, he goes into the Sistine Chapel, to the Basilica, um, but not into the actual chapel itself. And he said, well, they don't actually pray there. 
So first of all, they do pray there. When you have a conclave, like when they dedicate a new pope, and they have the white smoke that comes up, you know, we've had it a few times, and like in my memory, like I've had it, I've been through it twice, no? Benedict, and now um, Francis, no? They pray. What do you think the, Carl- the, College of, the, Car- the College of Cardinals, it's not the same as Yeshiva College. You don't take history and bio in the College of Cardinals, no? The College of Cardinals, they go and they pray and they appoint a new pope. And they're praying in the Sistine Chapel. Of course they pray there. And, the whole reason why the um, why Christian artwork is there, um, if you look in this Tshuva Negris Meisha, the Moshe writes at the end of this Tshuva, B'ni HaReb Dovid Shlita, Omer Shekoin Nasa Lahasas Lohadiyach Biskarvus, Shezeh Vaadai Hudava Osir, Rebdovid is basically saying that the whole idea of Christian art is to inspire you to think thoughts, religious thoughts, but not about our religion. And that's really a problem. That's really a problem. Right? So in town here, there is the, um, the cloisters, No. The Cloisters is a medieval French monastery that happened to have been moved to Washington Heights. And they have artwork there that's supposed to be very nice. Um, unicorns or something. The Pashtas is that all of this Christian art is also to look at because the whole idea of it is to entice you to think thoughts about Yashka. Christian music, right? Handel. Right? This time of year. Handel doesn't mean like what you do in the base medrash and you handle a svara. Right? Right? Handel means like oh, whatever it is. There's a piece of uh, music that's well known, that's played this time of year. He has risen, whatever it is. Um, so the whole idea is to get you to think about Christianity in a positive way. That's very, very problematic. That's Vipashtis Osir. The Isser is also, let me just finish this up, Shabbos, I forget, Kuf Mem Kuf Nu, no, Tif Nu El Ha'elil. What does that mean? So the Rambam has like an extreme version. The Rambam's version is on Tifanu Kel Midatvem, that you should never not be thinking about God. That's really extreme. Um, others assume on Tifnu El Ha'elil means that you're not allowed to study non-Jewish things to get you to think about their religions. Look at the Ritva there in Shabbos, wherever it is, Kuf Mem Tes, Kuf Nu, yeah, in the back. Does it make a difference if you understand, uh, like, for example, Gregorian chants that are in Latin? If you understand what? The purpose of the music could be to arouse, you know, thoughts of a bizarro. But if you don't have any understanding of it... Yeah, so I was thinking about this. The Pashtas is no, because the Pashtas is when they see a nice piece of art, I hear a nice piece of music, I'm going to try to figure out what it's all about. Right? So, I don't know if that helps. Yeah, there was a question over here then. Yeah, what about the Vatican? Is there a different is there or the same? The Vatican is... Th- that's the seat of Avodazara. Um, to go into the churches in the Vatican. Again, this is to go into an area... I remember one time my, my mother had like open heart surgery in St. Francis Hospital. Um... It's actually a very good hospital. They do a lot of good stuff. 
So the problem was, in order to get to her wing in the hospital, the main way in was to go through the um, sanctuary. So in order for me to get into her room to see her, right, I would go down through back steps and go around through a back door and have to wait until somebody would open the back door to get up because you're not allowed to walk through the sanctuary. Um, you're not allowed to walk into the sanctuary, yeah. Um, yeah, you had a question? Yeah, do you think you say the right to uh, use a question when you don't understand? I know Schaffler says that like you should listen to to non-Jewish music because you like because like then the shama of the of the writer goes into that's in the Maharal of Prague, yeah. And that's like a kavachimer. In other words, Rav Shechter would say, I can't listen to Taylor Swift. Now, you probably shouldn't listen to Taylor Swift for many reasons. Um, whatever. Travis Kelsey is unconnected to this reason. But um, I'm probably the only Rebbe Yeshiva who would say this. Right? Um, but the, the thing is that besides the impact of my neshama and how it might pollute my neshama, it's much worse. Al-Tifnu al is much worse than just like this Kabbalistic notion of not listening, right, not listening to non-Jewish music. Much worse, yeah. I mean, there's probably room, again, what does non-Jewish music mean? I, I have to admit, I listen to cla- classical music. Are you going to say that Mozart is us there? Right? It's very hard. Um, someone asked Rabbi Rosenzweig, someone told me that there was a conversation with Rabbi Rosenzweig not so long ago, and someone asked him, what do you do when you drive back and forth to Yeshiva? <laughs> it's a good question. What does Rabbi Rosenzweig do? So apparently he said that he listens to Mozart and Beethoven. Right? They were not Jewish. Right? I don't know if the Maharal is assuming that it taints your neshama um, about Mozart and Beethoven. I doubt it. Yeah. How about like a gospel... Um not like a style. It's a gospel style, but it's not to the word. Are you talking about in terms of architecture? In terms no, 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 sorry. Like of music. Meaning like they're, they're singing in that style. Uh, again, I don't know if a style of music itself is problematic. I don't know if a style of music. Um, if the music is Christian music, it's problematic, yeah. Again, it's not, it's problematic in the sense of it is non-Jewish, etc., etc., but most of us, I don't think, are so nervous about that yet. And what if it's a, a Christian music artist and they wrote a song that they're talking about God in the sense that he's the creator of the world and to thank him and to meaning aligned with, you know, Jewish perceptions. Again, so it's hard to know if, if you know that the kavona is, you know, for Borish HaMayim and you know that the kavana was not for Yashka, so okay, perhaps that's permitted. Um, again, I'm not such an expert on music. I can't. Um, I'm also not an expert on Taylor Swift by any stretch, uh, just to put it out there. But yeah. If you were to assume that, that it is for Yashka, but it's like, without saying the word Yashka or anything, it talks about God, it talks about like, right, being hollow, or whatever. Like, is that inappropriate or not? I mean, inappropriate, yeah. Right. I'm saying the halakha It's hard to... It's hard to come up with absolute guidelines. Part of my goal over here, like I mentioned at the beginning, is to get you to think about what's a shayla. Um, I'll say it like that. Okay. Um, so entering a church, this is a problem. Entering a mosque, 
So in that episode with the um, rabbi who went to the National Cathedral, so this fellow wrote articles to defend him in the Hakira Journal, and he tells a story about how at one point he had to go into a church, and it was a shayla, so he went to speak to the Tzitz Eliezer, and the Tzitz Eliezer says you should go into the church and look as Jewish as possible, look as rabbinic as possible. So I find that very hard to believe. Rabbi Kenny Alman, by the way, had an exchange with this fellow um, in the Chakiri Journal. I find it very hard that Tzitzelias would be Mekel. If anything, that Tzitzelias was the biggest machmir. You know, are you allowed to enter a mosque? So Minig Yisrael has been that we enter mosques for a very long time. Tzitzelias feels, based on the round in Sanhedrin, that's also to enter a mosque. Chacham Avad Yosef, again, like if you go through like these um, chuvas, I give a little here, page 8, page 9, Chamavad um, Yosef says that no, you're allowed to um, enter a mosque. Um, in the there's this radio program headlines, it's like a, a podcast. So um, he once had a discussion about this. He pointed out, which is actually a good ha'ara, the Gemara Navodazar Yudzayin that we mentioned. The Gemara Navodazar says that um, it's aser harchek me'alecha afla zuminus. Minus means it's not a Vedasara, but it's a mistaken notion in religion. Right? So Bapashtas Islam, entering a mosque, right, according to that Gemara, should be a problem, but you have to recognize the fact that Minag Yisrael has been that we go into mosques. Now, we should also mention when it comes to Minag Yisrael, so it's hard to know, it's hard to know the reason behind this, very hard to know, but there's a very long-standing practice. Um, there's a new king, you know, Elizabeth died, now there's a guy named Charles, He's like 75 years old, he finally becomes king. I think the only other job in the world that you get when you're 75 years old is like, Godot Hadar, Lahavdo. But, um, whatever. Um, so here's the thing. So Charles becomes the king. So the minig is that the chief rabbis always attend the, um, the inauguration of a new king. And it happens in Westminster Abbey, you know? So, very hard to know the rationale, but it's a very old practice. Um, is it based on some heta of Makur of Amalchus and the chief rabbi is going to have to intercede and by his title he has the authority to help Jews? Penzain, it could be that's the pshat and it could be that's a distinction between this one particular rabbi who was invited to uh, present at Barack Obama's inauguration, but um, there is a long-standing practice that chief rabbis attend the um, inauguration of, of kings. Um, the tzitzeliyaz or asr is going into masks. Minig has been that we go into masks, um, etc. Um, there is, yeah. So nowadays at the airports, they have like a... Interfaith chapels, prayer rooms. Yeah, so what does Rebbe's talk about? That? So in the Nefesh HaRav, quotes that the Rebbe said it's Mamish Asr to go in there. Um, it's designated for prayer um, of different faiths I don't, again according to what we're saying, I don't necessarily understand it, but the Maramakam is in Nefesh Harav, he says the Rav says it's also, yeah so I think my, my understanding is that in these places they have like items that different faiths use to worship, they just hide it in like a closet or something and you could pull out the item of your faith when you're, when it's your time to worship um, that's my understanding of it um, 
Again, the Rav said that it's Asr. Again, what I mentioned is I don't fully understand it. Um, are you allowed to daven in the room? I remember when my mother was in the hospital, so St. Francis Hospital. So they have not just a cross in every room, they have a crucifix. Right? A crucifix is different than a cross. Right? Your mom should have Yoshka hanging there. Right? He, he's there. Um, so um, are you allowed to daven? So I remember asking Rav Shechter about this. Rav Shechter says that Dr. Tshuva quotes that um, it has a din of tzoa. There's machlekes in the Raman Neshach about whether a crucifix has a din of avodah Even if it doesn't have a din of avodah which is pashtus lo paskin, um, but Rosh Hashanah said the Dark Yitzhuva writes, I didn't find this, Dark Yitzhuva writes has a din of tzoa, and therefore has to be covered when you daven. Um, okay, I mean, like, these shilas do come up. These shilas do come up. I, I saw there was another hand before. How does the interfaith like dialogue? Like, yes, interfaith dialogue is. Um, so the Rav has an essay called Confrontation, uh, where he goes through this. Um, let me tell you the story over here, and then I think we're going to have to break because I'm giving another share in a few minutes. But uh, the story goes as way. When I was in Reit, when I was a Smicha student, so the French Catholic Church wanted to visit yeshiva. Um, Cardinal Lustiger, who's a Meshumet, who is actually a cousin of one of my former brothers-in-law. So Cardinal Lustiger brings a whole bunch of um, cardinals from the Catholic Church in France, and they wanted to have a conversation. And Rabbi Harlap said that we have to have the conversation in line with the Rose guidelines. The Rose guidelines were that you can only discuss matters of um, general welfare, etc. You can't discuss matters of faith. And what they wanted to discuss was um, how do you create a relationship between a teacher and a student that on the one hand the student um, is respectful of the teacher, on the other hand the student um, is developing his own thoughts, etc. Thinks independently, but still, um, still feels a sense of obedience to the teacher. That was the conversation they wanted to have. The conversation was strange. It was me, Rabbi Rosenzweig, Rabbi Jeremy Weeder, and Rabbi Shmohain were like the four guys representing um, this chevron. There's like a group of like I don't know twenty Catholic priests from um, France, and like you have to have someone translating. Um, it was a very strange uh, conversation. Um, the Rub's guidelines in confrontation, um, confrontation is issued in response to Vatican II, etc. You have to realize, people think that after Vatican II, the church has changed. They have not changed in the sense of it's still a Baudazar. Okay? So, and, and that's sort of the summary. Let me just tell you a story, just to summarize. So years ago, Rabbi Tzvi Ram, um, who was then in the Bialystok, on the Lower East Side, he asked me to give this, this year on December 25th which I did, and someone um, asked me at the end of the shear, what do I think about, or, no, I, I brought up the issue about like telling time with a clock on top of a church. Like, traditionally, churches were built at the highest point in the city, and can you tell time with the church clock? This guy raises his hand, lower his side, he says that he once asked David Feinstein's this question, and the next morning, Rabbi David shows up at his house and buys him a watch. 
Okay. Um, so what's the story telling time on the top of a church? So it's mutter. Um, the minchas loser. I give you the chuva over here. Minchas was the minchasherov. He has a chuva about it, and in that chuva he addresses. Well, maybe it's mutter because you pass in like the meiri, and you see like the minchas was. You could look on YouTube. Like there's a video of him. He's massive, the most virulent anti-Zionist. Like more than the sap more than anybody. So Minchas Malusa, like you could see like the smoke coming out of his ears in that like um, YouTube video. And if you read this true also, you could see like the smoke coming out of his words. So the Minchas Malusa says, to say you're passing from Eri, Christianity is not a Zara. Why did your great grandfather, great great grandfather, why did they give up their lives not to be Christian? This is traditional Ashkenaz. We gave up our life. We gave up our life not to convert. So as much as like we're happy Vatican II and they say that we didn't kill Yashka and etc. 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 It doesn't really change anything in the faith. And no Safalkah, the Jewish attitude should be, the attitude toward the church should be an attitude of like, why did we give up our lives? That's traditional Yahadus in Ashkenazi land, certainly. Okay, Chavra, um, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you.